1: Celtic Stuff
0: Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poole, and joining me is John Duke. We say it that way every time, John, but welcome to the show. And I will say that the Celtics seem to be on the right track. And I don't want to say that the Pacers game was a huge setback, but there is this tendency of this team already this season, and we are almost of an eighth of the way through it, where they build these big leads and then they let them slip away, and primarily it's because they're living and dying by that outside shot. I really would like to see him get it inside the post a little bit better. I know they tried to finish the game that way, especially with Kyrie Irving. Some people thinking maybe he got fouled on that last layup that he wasn't able to knock down, but either way, it's something where I know Jalen Brown is struggling with his ankle or his foot or whatever it is exactly that maybe they should give him a few more nights, but they need more cutters. I'm thinking back to the days of Avery Bradley. He was only 6'1", 6'2", whatever he was, undersized. But the way they would run those cutters, etc., he got some points in the post for the team, and they have the stretch bigs, that they really ought to be taking more advantage of that, in my opinion, especially in the middle of that fourth quarter when that's when things start to slip away from this team. Never mind the cold start at the beginning of the Indiana game. They find their way to shoot their, themselves back into it. It's just in the fourth quarter in the NBA, you've got to get some at the rim, you've got to finish strong, and you've got to go to the free throw line. I'm just not sure the three-pointers all the way down the stretch are going to get it done.
1: Yeah, you could even go back to the Milwaukee game, which was a game when they shot as well, and in fact, historically, uh, a good game for them shooting the basketball. But there were long stretches in this game against Indiana where they just went ice cold. Start of the game, sure. End of the first half as well, where they had that thirteen point lead, and it went down to you know basically to a tie game at halftime. You know they had a good they had a good run there. They were making some shots, but then fell back again. Indiana's a good defensive team. You got to give them credit. Like the, Nate McMillan knows what he's doing out there. Old Depot can make basket you know can can really cause you some trouble. But it was really the Celtics' offense, and I thought what they did well against Milwaukee was. They were penetrating and kicking out. They were they were finding ways to get in the lane, causing the defense to have to rotate or over-rotate, and then they were able to get, get the shot they needed. It was a good open look. I thought some of those shots against Indiana were a little bit more contested, a little bit more bad shot-making, I thought, from the Celtics' perspective. And I think you're right. I mean, if you live and die with that, you're never going to be a good team. And when you have those lulls, you need to be able to go back to going and getting to the basket. And I think that's really at its heart a couple times in the in the broadcast last night max and uh and well, i guess it wasn't grandy but max was complaining because there was two times i think it was in the second quarter where orford almost a consecutive possession still third quarter he caught the ball under the basket and then kicked it wide open he could have just dunked it laid it in but he kicks it out to the to the corner that's the type of thing where you know just you got to do that and the free throws. That, you know, you gotta to get to the line, you know, and, and this, you team can't complain to be about free throw. Yeah.
0: You can't football. complain about free throw disparity if you're not going to take it into the paint. Right. I, it's just the way it is. You've got to force the issue. And when people were frustrated with the lack of fouls and the free throw discrepancy in that game against Indiana, that's a big part of it. And the other thing is the other night, uh, the Celtics were dared to shoot from the outside. You know, there's packing in the paint, uh, with, uh, Milwaukee Bucks. And so in that, in that scenario, I've got no problem. I understand you're going to, re- you know, why would you drive into the defense when the defense is clearly playing the paint? But in a game like the other night, uh, against the Pacers on Saturday, that wasn't the case at all. So you do have to set that tone. You do have to go inside. I feel like Jalen Brown is the guy that could really get some easy points. He had that really nice break and transition. He's been funny lately. He has some big moments in the fourth quarter, and he's had some really great defense. But I do wonder if he's not at 100% health. And I'm going to go to... A Twitter question, since we enjoyed this so much on the last show. We didn't make a call for Twitter questions for this show, but maybe we will moving forward. This one is from Robert Williams, draft TV guy, also known as the Next Generation Scotsman. He says, question for the pod. Tatum and especially Brown have looked off over the last five to seven games. What do you think is the cause of it, and how do you change it? Next Generation Scotsman out. And, you know, Brown, I think it's a health thing. I think what's frustrating me um, So far is Hayward, I would actually be okay if he starts the game, but he gets a quick hook and spends more time with that second unit just to get right. Um, I think overall he's making humongous strides, but he's not perfect. He's not a hundred percent yet. And I, and I think that that could open up an opportunity for Morris, who's hot, who probably should be in that rotation right now. And then Jalen Brown, I just don't think is a hundred percent healthy. And I feel like with this team as deep as it is, just give him a rest. I mean, we talked about it on the last show about Marcus Smart and should he be in the starting lineup and how does it all mix and match? And you were saying you like him with Terry Rozier because you like the facilitator out, facilitator out there with the second unit and I'm fine with that. But this is the whole point of this team. These guys are struggling to get minutes. Somebody like Terry probably shouldn't have the ball in his hand, but he needs more minutes than he's getting to stay hot. That's why he was so good in the starting lineup last year. thought Bill Simmons, I know you don't like him, had a really good point there with his Twitter that, you know, Rozier is a guy who just needs to play more. So if we have this level of depth, why aren't these players just taking extra nights off? I think they did fine without Brown. You know, when he took the night off and maybe they just need to take care of that. I'm not saying Hayward needs nights off, but I am saying that, you know, maybe he has a little bit more of a reduction in minutes and smart. The two Marcuses who are playing so well. Maybe you let them go ahead in there. I don't think it's going to mess up the chemistry that much when you do those two things because Smart's a facilitator, and he's kind of that versatile defender. Is he quite as long as Brown? No, but he swaps out. And Morris has just been shooting so well. It's almost like you almost want to have him in the starting lineup while he's hot.
1: I, no, I, and I thought really the game against Indiana was one where I, I wouldn't have minded. I thought really Jalen should have sat, you know, even if it's – On the line, if it's questionable, get him out of there, you know. And it makes things a little bit easier. The problem is on the on the other side of it, though, is that you know they need they need to build chemistry, and somehow they have to find a way to make this work. Now is like this is the lab, right? This is the this is the incubator time, you know. It's not April, it's not March. Like this is the time when you try to try you know make stuff work, and right now it's not working because there's so many variables, you know not a scientist, but, I, you know, I remember a little bit from chemistry class, right? You got the control, and then you got the variables, right? Well, the problem is, is there aren't many controls right now. Everybody's a variable. Your best, you know, your best score is still coming back from the knee. You've got a, a core piece in Gordon Hayward. you got new guys who are evolving and changing so many variables. It's next to impossible to really try to know, oh, this is what I'm going to get. You know that Morris right now, you know what you're going to get from Morris pretty much. You know what you're going to get from Horford. Outside of that, there's a lot of questions, too many variables. So I I, I agree with you. I think the problem that Jalen's facing is that he needs the defense to pay less attention to him for him to be able to get those looks. And right now the Celtics offense isn't doing a good enough job in causing the entire defense to collapse or to pay attention. And so those corner threes he was getting last year, he's not getting to the same degree because – the South's offense is too mired in the muck right now. I also think they're also trying maybe a little bit too hard to get Hayward the ball at times. You know, it feels like that that's it's that's something that's that's clogging up the works a bit. Not that I don't think they should. I think they should try to get his confidence back. We've seen what he can do against the, in the Milwaukee game. But, you know, I don't know that that they've figured it out yet. And it's still, you know, all these fits and starts. Thursday's great Saturday, not so great, you know, and I think we're going to deal yeah. with the issue with, Brown,
0: the issue with Brown is that he wasn't on top of it defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can live with the offensive uh, aspects of things, but I think that 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 defensive issue is physical. And that's why he said him. You can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. Finally, the YouTube channel where you can find us, the Celtic Stuff Live guys, and also High-definition, full-length locker room interviews, the Garden Report, the Roundtable, all on YouTube.com slash CLNS Media. And, John, I think the other thing, you know, that that really kind of stands out is in the offense, the ball is moving, but the players aren't necessarily moving to the right rhythm. And I get that that's where you're coming at with the chemistry and does it make sense to mess with this and the starting lineup. But I really feel like the strength of this team is that they're interchangeable. It's what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Guys went down with injuries and they were next man up, ready to go. And I, I don't think we should be worried about that too much. I mean, if you're really trying to set up something where you're going to play the matchups, Then you've got to be able to plug guys in and out of that lineup. Um, maybe even though you might want to stay really consistent with the starting lineup because you have something that you want to kind of work and you want to get into the bench, but but the rest of the game should be dictated by matchups. And with that in mind, if you've got a hurt player like Brown or you've got a guy like Hayward who's you know just maybe not quite ready yet, not that you'd want to limit, not that you don't want him to sit, he needs to play, but shouldn't he play more against? Maybe in that second unit, I I just think you give him the first hook in that starting lineup and and make the transition. So he gets um, more time to get that confidence, like you just said. But at the end of the day, these players should be able to come and go in that starting lineup. And I I think the chemistry thing, that whole angle, I think it's a little overrated with this team because they've been with each other now, and they've been plugged in and out of that lineup.
1: But I I don't – that's true, but I don't think – I don't think Kyrie knows what Kyrie is yet. I don't think Gordon knows what Gordon is yet. I don't think Jalen knows what Jalen is in what the new Jalen is with this lineup. You know, like I, I think it's, uh, and, and Tatum the same way. I think those three, those four guys in particular really are coming into this season with a different, um, they think they're new players. Well, they can find out how they are.
0: Tatum. Cause we kind of glossed over that and you and I love Tatum, so we haven't given him right. criticism, but he has struggled. I he mean, it. Yeah. the tweet is, the Twitter, the the tweeter is 100% right. You know, we're kind of throwing a little shade Brown's way, but it, it's sort of like Tatum gets a little bit of a, everybody's giving him plenty of room on this one, but he has struggled. and And I know he's hit some big threes too, but he just doesn't seem like the same guy. Do you think it's just too many good players on one team?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's I think he walked into the year saying, "Okay, I've learned this. I I can get my shot off from anybody. I've got that confidence." I think he still has that confidence. And I don't think it's a question of confidence with him. It might be with Brown. I think the issue with Tatum is the shot that he's trying to set himself up for is not the shot the Celtics need him to take, and they don't have the luxury when they're trying to get Tatum they're trying to get you know Brown going they're trying to get Kyrie going they're trying to get Hayward going they don't have the luxury to give the ball to Tatum and let him do something create his own shot which he clearly can do they don't they so, can't do that they need to so move
0: matchups do you think they're playing the matchups then or do you think no. they're playing uh because that's I think that's the issue right there then let's get away with let's try to get this guy going and move more towards Let's try to get the team going by play, just exploiting the matchup. That's the right way to play. And somebody like Kyrie, you know, is getting it going. And I, and I, I know we've seen yep. him hit some tough shots, and he has improved. But that's not even what I mean. I mean defensively. That guy is starting to contribute defensively mm-hmm. and we didn't think he could remember. He was the liability that Isaiah Thomas was considered to be when, when we were talking about trading for him, even before it was executed mid season, still people were saying, would you rather have Kyrie or would you rather have Isaiah Thomas? And they said, everybody's like Kyrie. And, the, and, and then the, People came out and said, well, look, defensively, Kyrie's just as big of a limitation. You know, defense is what this team is all about. They're still defending the three better than anybody in the league. Um, and I got to give a shout to Keith Smith because he never misses an opportunity on Celtics blog to make that point. And I love the writing that he's doing right now. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, let's, let's let some of these guys get going on defense and let's just focus on the matchups to decide who's going to have the hot hand and who they're going to rely on.
1: Yeah. I, well, I, I think that's, Somewhat true. I think that's I think that's that's going to be what they'll look at later on, you know. Um and I think we see with Marcus Morris. Certainly that's a guy who has played so well through these first three weeks that, you know, they are they're giving him the ball. He's getting in opportunities, he's in closing lineups. I mean he's he's someone who's a core player right now, I think. And other guys are falling out of that, more so Brown than Tatum. But but you know, when they were closing that game out, he was on the floor. You know, not Hay- Hayward was making the pass, but it was Morris. It was Tatum, Horford and Kyrie that, you know, that's, I think that they're getting closer to that point, but it's still, you know, you add Brown to that mix as a guy who's coming off a of hurt foot. I'm not sure it says it's bearable to play on. You know, I think, you know, I want as many of these guys to get going, but I want them to find the things that work kind of what you're saying, get the guys that are working, get that, Feeling good, and then plug in other pieces on top of that. Um, I think the problem is, is there hasn't been enough reliable pieces, you know, until those last two threes last night from Kyrie. I wouldn't say he was the most reliable scorer, uh, you know, either. And so that's that's another problem Brad has is he's you know last year, once things got rolling, he had pieces he could rely upon. He doesn 't have that right now with so many of those variables we talk, 'm talking about uh, it 's making it very difficult for him to know what he can call on and know what he can rely upon with this team and that's a real that's a real problem they 'll get there, but they 're just not there yet. No, they're definitely
0: not. Hey, Boston sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza? Are you tired of playing all of the inflated markups from brokers or last-minute convenience charges just to end up paying courtside prices for nosebleed seats? Go to 1in100.co. That's onein 100.co dot co. Feeling lucky? Try it out now because there's no other place online that's doing online raffles to win tickets to events. It's a totally new way to score tickets. That's right. To see your favorite teams and a great way to score Boston Celtics tickets. The cost to potentially get these tickets with one in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. Score a pair of tickets for less than the cost of a beer because your first raffle ticket is free after signing up. The experience of using 1 in 100 is extremely fun and exciting from picking your lucky number to the feeling of scoring premium tickets feeling lucky try it 1in100.co that's o n e i n zero.co and Robinhood an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks ETFs Options and cryptos all commission free. This is a non intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. I have friends that have been encouraging me to invest in cryptocurrencies and now I've finally done it with Robinhood's easy to use app. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio and discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized news feed. Custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at CelticStuff.Robinhood Hood.com. That's Celticstuff.robinhood.com. Okay, John, this whole getting Hayward going effort, da da da, is really bothering me. And, <laughs> and, and and it's because, and this is why I actually would buy into it more if we were talking about a player like Tatum or Brown, who's a younger player, but it's bothering me because Hayward is a veteran. Like Hayward knows how to get going. He knows when he's in the right spot and he has the right matchup. He might fail because physically he's not quite right there or et cetera. But I don't think force feeding him, he's not a baby. We don't need to force feed him. He's a vet. You know, he got a nice alley-oop, which I actually, you know, held my breath for five seconds on his way down. And uh, it was great to see. And actually – You might remember at the beginning of the season, I told you he didn't look quite as heavy in the lower body to me as he did to start last year. And I honestly, I know it sounds, I know you think it sounds funny, (laughs) but when he went up for that alley-oop in game one of last season, you know, and broke the ankle, I didn't feel like he looked fluid. And I'm just going to say this, when he went up for it the other day, the other night, he looked fluid to me like he looked like he belonged up in the air. Yes, I held my breath on his way back down just a little bit, but I think that was something he needed to do. He needed to get it out of the way. He needed to prove to himself that he can do it. But I think athletically, you know, once his once the ankle is not causing him pain, I really think that we we should see him back to, you know, to full strength and and re- really being able to get up. I mean, I know quickness has never been his game he's not the fastest player on the floor but something that I will cite Keith uh, Smith's article on Celtics blog today you know he said he's one of the best in the league at changing speeds and so you know just to see him get up there I think that's how you know that that chase from behind block that he had earlier it's those little moments that make a difference for a vet he's like oh yeah I can do that I I don't think we need to force feed him I really don't
1: well I I don't think it's force feed him it's not I don't I guess it's more of how to get him in the flow, make him a higher part of what they're doing. I mean, I thought his best – he was making shots in the Milwaukee game, but I thought his best plays were actually him penetrating and distributing, um, you know, particularly that one in the, in the at the start of the third quarter against Milwaukee where that cross-court pass to the corner where, you know, Kyrie hits an open three. I mean, that's the type of play – where you have to get him handling the ball and put him in a, in a place where he's making decisions, so it's getting his confidence up he started. he made a whole bunch of shots to start the game he's feeling good he's feeling he's ended up with eighteen and five he's making he made a number of nice passes. Those are the types of things I think is what they need when I say force feeding, I guess I'm not talking about trying to give him shots and you know you know but but he needs touches he needs to get confidence out there. That's that's the only way this team is going to be at its full potential. I don't think you force feed Tatum. I don't think you. I think you get him. looks, sure, but I don't think Brown is the type of player. Brown is a little different. I think than the rest of those guys. Brown can't get his he's
0: own. A willing shot. defender. The rest of it just yeah. comes the flow, and he's a willing defender, and right. so. Like you said before, you were like, Brown needs to figure out his role. I'm, I'm like, I think Brown knows his role. I mean, offensively, he had more opportunities last season, but he has hit some big late fourth quarter threes this year. So he's still knocking those down when left open. And, uh, I think he's reliable and you can trust him. He's just not going to be a premier feature in the offense. I would like to see them. Get, find him cutting and, you know, develop some plays like that, maybe some backdoor, everything we talked about, you know, before the season started. We haven't really seen a lot of that. I, I'd like to see it, but you know, as far as him knowing his role, his role is hit open shots and play defense. I don't think that's in question
1: for him. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think the problem is he hasn't had a lot of open shots, a lot of open looks. I think, you know, it's been that off offense is ground to a halt, I mean it is not flowing, it is not fluid, and when it is fluid, he gets open and he gets opportunities he get you know because the guy's ball watching and he gets behind him, or you know they have the weak side defender has to go over to help, and you know he 's open in the corner I mean those are the types of plays that get his offense going. I think the other piece that i'd add too, I feel like is that transition they are really conservative in in on the break and i think that that is really a problem for Jalen. Jalen should be a great offensive player in, in the transition game you know they when they do turn the ball when they get turnovers right it feels like a lot of times they're looking to like Pull back or to not yeah, go with the basket, three. right? Right, and I need three. I need Jalen attacking game. the rim. I need Jason Tatum attacking the rim. I mean, there was a you know and again in that Milwaukee game, they got they you know they get it out to Tatum. Tatum is pushing it on the right wing, and he was he was kind of shoulder to shoulder. I want to see him go to the rim. I want to see him take that and yam it on the guy's face, just like he did to Paul George, just like he did LeBron. I mean, this is what he's capable of. And if they do those things, they're going to get to the line. And those things are going to lead to other the other possibilities. And I think that's the other, unre- you know, to bring it back to Jalen, uh, hold on. the issue. That free yeah. throw rate and, and his free throw percentage is really a problem. I and mean, he's got to get to the heart of that.
0: Yeah, he does have to fix that if he's going to be a guy that's going to be attacking the rim. But I wanted to talk about that, that transition because that's what made this team so much fun last year too. I mean, if you remember, they were up and down the floor and that game that you went to when they were so far behind against the Houston Rockets and then even the second matchup later in the year, that's why I want to see them in the finals this year. That was the whole point was look how fast they are. And I'm sure some of this is, you know, being impacted by you know, Kyrie and Hayward, just not 100%, and they want to get into their offense. But that's precisely why the rest of the guys should be go, go, go. And and go ahead and leave those guys behind. If you want to find your offense, find it in transition. Attack the rim and see what you can generate. And Brown is not going to fix those free throw woes not getting to the free throw line. You know, mm-hmm. you even look like a guy, um, remember uh, the big man from Detroit. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Drummond, Drummond. Andre Drummond. You know, this guy sucked. From the free throw line, so bad. And basically, it hurt his team so much, he finally made it happen. But here's one thing that he had the luxury of. He was going to the line for practice regularly. There was never a game where he wasn't at the line doing it, right? Yeah. So he committed in the offseason, he committed, etc. Now, Brown can commit to that. It's still different in a game. And you've got to get to the line to work through those troubles. We know he can shoot because he's shooting the open three. He's got it in him, but it's different because it's a set shot. And so he's got to get to the line. He's got to take those. He's got to take them in games. He's got to take them in games when they count. And the only way that's going to happen is if they do attack and transition. Otherwise, he's very rarely. And I will say the officials have not been kind to him, not just defensively, but on offense too. He's so freakishly athletic. It almost looks like he couldn't be fouled because he's so up and he's so high up and he's so smooth with it that almost doesn't look like he's received contact, but he has. And it would be nice if uh, if the league kind of noticed some of those a little bit more for him, too, because I don't I don't think he's benefiting from calls very much. If anybody on the team has a right to complain, I actually think it's Brown.
1: I, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think he has probably had the roughest time in it really going with the officials' whistle. The other problem is I think when he goes the when he goes to the rim, it does seem I mean, off the dribble. It is awkward. I mean, it is he, he does kind of get to a wall there, and it really makes me think a lot of this is is mental. Um, you know, the free throw thing especially. You know, when you see a guy shoot like he can when he's wide open in the corner, why does he have that block when he's, you know, wide open fifteen feet away as opposed to twenty three feet? You know, it's there's something there. And it seems like there's a mental block there. Um, for a guy who's so smart, you know, to be one of the worst creators on this team, uh, it's weird. You know, it's a weird thing. And he sees things and, and he's certainly a smart guy, but for whatever reason spatially he just it doesn't click for him. He's overthinking he's thinking too hard. He's something, but it's, it's, it's a problem for him, you know, and, and it's something he's got to work through. Um, You know, there's, there's something in there. Obviously he clearly has the skill and has the ability and defensively, you know, if I, I would love to say he could feed that defense can feed his offense. I think right now, unfortunately, you know, his offense is probably taking his mind out of it defensively. You know, and so hopefully here as we kind of, you know, transition here into this, this break here, let's, first of all, let's hope that the, the, the foot is doing well. But secondly, as, you know, he's trying to, everyone's trying to figure out their role, you know, maybe that's what he's got to do is he's got to, you know, kind of just click the switch defensively and that leads to his offense. Because right now, I feel like entering the year, he put so much work in on the offensive end to try to be a better player on that side. And, You know, everyone's okay. We're going to be this good, but it just hasn't really gelled the way I think they're hoping it to. And they need in that starting group, if we want those, that Kyrie, Horford, Tatum, Brown, and, uh, and Horford Hayward five, if we want that to be the five that clicks those, some, some players and many players have got to take a back seat and decide that they want to do the dirty work. It's only going to work if guys want to do the dirty work because not everybody can take the shots. And some guys are going to have to rebound. Some guys are going to have to pass. And some guys are going to have to set good screens. That's just the way it works. And if Brown does that, I think that will work very well for the team. If he doesn't, I could see him, as you said, moving to the start, the, the backup, moving to, to the sixth man role, the seventh man role. And let Smart go in there and let him be the, the guy who does all the dirty work.
0: Yeah, well, he he definitely doesn't mind doing the dirty work. Like you said, it would disrupt that facilitator role on the second unit, which is why somebody like Hayward almost fits, because that's how he could get... See, He would have the ball in his hands. If they put Brown and Tatum, I mean, Brown and Hayward more into that second unit, and they let Marcus go into the starting lineup, I think that would work out all right, and I think it would serve the purpose of getting Hayward going because he could be more of a facilitator and some of these other deficiencies that are just taking time to come into his own would would all be resolved. But I definitely agree that uh, that or not agree, but I definitely think that this team, you know, if if they need twenty games to get it right so that they can be perfect or better or at least simpatico go heading into the postseason, I'm fine with it if we don't see the iteration of this team till January. It's not going to kill me if they don't get the first seed. I just want them to be the dominant team that they can be. So as we wrap the show, let's take a look at the week ahead. A little bit of a road trip coming up over their first West Coaster. They've got the Nuggets tonight. Then they get two days off a back to back with the Suns and Utah Jazz Thursday, Friday, Saturday off. And then they play the Trailblazers. So as we always do, we've got to make our predictions here, John. And, uh, the Nuggets game is going to be a tough one. The Jazz one is going to be a tough one, but also a very meaningful one for uh Gordon Hayward, and you would think he definitely would want to put a showing uh, on that night. Maybe they should give him the Suns game off um, because that's a fast up tempo team give them that game off let them come in rested the next night against the jazz that's what i would do uh hopefully brown will be healthy because uh, against that suns team it would be nice to have some of these young legs so at the end of the day i'm going to go uh nuggets lost suns win jazz win portland loss. i'm actually saying two and two this week but that's the way it is with these west coast trips also a great opportunity for the team though to uh bond and click away from the families, and this may be the first opportunity for them to start kind of just coming together and gelling and getting that chemistry going
1: that that's a really good point i hadn't I hadn't really thought of that but you're right i mean that I think that's something they need they need an opportunity to be able to to be with be together or not with anyone else uh and and be start to bond as a group uh you know, with Kyrie away during that playoff run too, you know, and, and Hayward, you know, so this is, this is really important time. Remember Kyrie also is not going to be playing with the team uh, for the Utah game. He's going to be at his grandfather's funeral that night. So, um, you know, I think, you know, him getting some rest on the back to back. And also, you know, so the, I, I, I also see a two and two week. I, I think that the nuggets and the jazz games are going to be the toughest. Actually, I think they can get the Suns and blazers, but Uh, I'm going to go two and two, but for a different reason, Uh, but I agree. I think, you know, they need to take time. Let Jalen's foot get right. Let's not, let's not worry about trying to get him, you know, into that group. I'd rather have him pull, pull pieces out, pull again, pull those variables out as much as you can get something solidified and then try to add those variables in and then try to, to make it go. I mean, right now, Terry Rozier is another guy who has kind of fallen by the wayside a bit and, it's it's unfortunate because we know what Terry can do. I know he likes to start. I know he wants more minutes. Unfortunately, it, you know, there's just, there's just not enough time right now. He will have his moment, but with so much going on in that starting unit and trying to get that group together, he's another guy that's really paying a price. So, um, yeah, two and two this week. It's going to be a tough one. A lot of late nights, a lot of 9 o'clock starts. But, uh, hey, for those who have veterans a day off, I guess you can stay up late and watch, uh, watch the Celtics go against the Trailblazers. So that won't be too bad. As West Coast games go, 9 o'clock starts aren't that bad. So we'll take it.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, everybody, enjoy your Veterans Day, and thank you to the veterans who have uh, sacrificed for this country. That's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in, and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your Feedback is important to the show. For staff writer Samuel Lyas, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media Nick Gelso, and my co host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live.
1: Celtic Stuff Live.